0: Welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee.
1: And I'm your co-host, Mike Elkazarin. Hey Jeff, did you ever think you could truly grocery shop from the convenience of wearing just your underwear?
0: You know, sometimes I only wear my underwear as is in the grocery store. Today's show we're talking about Instacart, a grocery delivery and pickup service.
1: Yeah, so as Jeff said, you know, Instacart is a company that provides grocery pickup, delivery service in, in the US and Canada. Uh, they currently serve over 5,500 cities across that region. So some of the stores and locations that you can purchase food from and get it delivered to you, it includes stores like Walmart, Seven Eleven, Hannaford, for all of my Bostonian friends that love your Hannafords.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, what is Hannaford?
1: <laughs> uh, it's like a, um, just a, I don't know, a grocery uh, chain. I got it. Um, but Imagine saying it in a Boston accent and then it, it'll click. <laughs> it's got all the right syllables or the lack thereof for it to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but o- other places like Wegmans, all these CVS, and, and many more. So how does it work? So it works by customers going to the Instacart website or mobile app and picking uh, the items that you want, essentially taking your grocery list and putting it into a form, and you place your order with Instacart. So Instacart will then provide a window of time that your order will arrive or it will be fully fulfilled, and you can pick that up in the store. So this order is fulfilled by an independent contractor that's paid by Instacart. Instacart's business model is just another marketplace, so they're connecting customers that want groceries with folks that want some extra cash or a highly flexible job. In terms of how Instacart drives revenue, so Instacart offers delivery services starting at about $4 per hour and also includes various fees if you're purchasing alcohol, or I thought this was interesting that there's also a heavy item fee if there's something more than 50 pounds, so I don't know if you're buying giant Things of rice, that's the only thing I can think of, (laughs) Um, or sack potatoes, literally. (laughs) Instacart also just launched Instacart Express, which is their $99 yearly membership, which reduces some fees and offers unlimited free deliveries. On the other side, the job side, it's really interesting. You can either be a full-service shopper, which is a pure gig player where you just do whatever jobs that you want to, when you want to, or you can be an in-store shopper. So that is your actual part-time employee hmm. of Instacart. You have full benefits with a 401k. Actually, I don't know if it's full benefits. I just saw 401k, which is pretty cool either yeah. way. But you only shop in the store. So you don't actually offer delivery. So you actually don't need to have a car if you want to be an in-store shopper.
0: Oh,
1: And so I I've got data from Indeed that says part-time shoppers can make up to like about $14.5 an hour. And then the delivery folks make roughly... 11 dollars an hour. So it gives you an idea of the, the ballpark for what you're getting into on the other side of the marketplace.
0: Yeah, so I first tried Instacart probably sometime, I wanna say sometime last week and it was pretty good. I think I got a free delivery for my first time using it and it was pretty nice. I do think that some of the items are marked up. I'm not sure if you've seen that as well, Mike, but that was the only concern that I had is, am I only saving money on... Or I guess, am I only saving time or am I spending up on both the price of the items as well as paying for the service itself? And I feel like you mentioned it was $4 per order at the start. I don't know because I I just got the free order, but I wonder how does that rack up? It feels like it could be pretty high if you're getting a ton of stuff or or use Instacart pretty frequently.
1: Totally. And I haven't done the service in a long time, not since I lived in Boston, actually. So... I just remember it being a lot more than four dollars. Yeah. To, to your point, yeah.
0: Like, uh, let me put it this way. I guess if let's break it down to some practical numbers here. If you were to pay for the ninety nine dollar yearly membership, and let's say you do grocery shopping once a week, that's fifty two weeks. So it's roughly about two dollars per order. Which, if you think about it that way, that's not too bad. Especially because you do save a lot of time and there's a lot of convenience. I think if I, you know, had a larger family and I was shopping for more people, or it was hard to get. Um, time in my schedule to actually go shopping, then I would definitely consider paying for the yearly membership. But also, because they do seem to be marking up some of the other items, I feel like there's not to say it's a hidden fee. But because you don't know you're not going in the store and comparing the actual prices to what's listed online. It's hard to know what what you're actually saving. So are you spending more money on garlic, for example? And how much does that add up over a year?
1: And maybe we've just been so conditioned over years and years of grocery shopping to see, you know, like nine ninety nine for like a twelve pack of whatever Mm -hmm. and then it's slash 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 six ninety nine on sale and and maybe Instacart's only pulling the the list price or like exclusive of, of sales. So maybe that's what we were seeing, but I, I did notice that too when I was using the service, but I can't confirm if that's actually true. Yeah.
0: And another thing too. So I personally like to cook at home. I, I think you do as well, Mike, and totally it's something that I like to do when I'm hashtag sous vide. Yeah. Sous vide life for real. Um, We're not sponsored, but we wish we were. Uh, I, I I'll say that for someone like me, I like spending the time to walk through the grocery store. Like I like looking and seeing what's there, what new items are offering. It's a little cathartic for me to actually go and shop. My wife and I go to Costco at least once a week and it's kind of like this like cathartic, you know, we go through all the aisles. We have this routine. We check to see if there's any new items, what's on sale. We buy items that we like from previous visits. And so, yeah, that's part of the. I hope fun. you're not buying
1: in bulk because that is a, a very high cadence of Costco trips. I am. If you're...
0: <laughs> well, de- define bulk, but there are some things that are like you know single packs of whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: um, just bulk bulk gummies, like thirty six packs in one week. Oh, one not a week. Each. No, no, no.
0: That, those things, like we'll go once a week for like let's say meat or or something like that. Maybe we'll refill like appetizers or some sort of side in the in the fridge, but. Yeah. There are some things that we don't, we get every so often, but yeah, we go like once a week.
1: I totally hear you that it's uh, super cathartic to go. And it's, I find it's the same way. It's like my one thing that I can do that I just don't have to think about a lot. I just have my list ahead of time and just can execute on that mm-hmm. and see the foods and smell everything. So definitely agree with you there.
0: Yeah. I, like, and it's weird. I feel like I'm paying somebody else to do what I enjoy, which is kind of strange. <laughs> I wonder if,
1: That just means you haven't made it yet. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Something else to consider is I wonder if you could, like if I'm already shopping, can I pick up somebody else's order if I was like working on Instacart on the side? Does that make sense? Like,
1: It does, totally. Like you're already at Costco and you have extra space in your car. Like let me just deliver this one. That's that's super interesting. I don't know. Yeah,
0: because I feel like, you know, I feel like that's something that's interesting that you could tap into. I know obviously you have to sign up for it, but it's like, part of what makes gig economy really appealing is, has always been like, oh, work on your own schedule at your own convenience. However, a lot of times there still needs to be enough of a schedule or enough of a cadence to make it really worth your while. Like obviously there's some efficiencies that you gain from doing this thing over and over and over. But if I'm already shopping, yeah. And like you said, like I could just, Get an extra card or you know i'm i'm maybe i'll only spend five minutes anyways because if i'm getting milk i might as well get milk for somebody else then i wonder if that is something that instacar has looked into i mean tapping into people that are already you know doing this sort of thing and just expanding it and spending a little bit more time to do it for somebody else it's different for cars right i, I feel like it's different for uber because there's a privacy thing with people sitting in your car i guess like uber hasn't been like a carpool thing for the driver plus the passenger to carpool thing for just the passengers, if that makes sense. So if, if I'm driving to work, it does. I'm not picking up other people to save on my commute or make a little money on the side. It's usually I'm driving for their benefit. But in this case, it would be a little different that you're also shopping for yourself and then also shopping for somebody else and making some money on the side. Just a thought. I, I'm not sure if that's something that Instacart has considered or have put much thought into.
1: Yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, I think Uber's are really good model to think about when you're thinking about instacart because you've you know the same deal you have people that want to go places with instacart it's people that just want to <laughs> buy some new groceries but to your point of, on the commute like imagine like if you were doing your daily commute you could just add a rider and like you're like oh yeah it's like jim like, jim doesn't want to buy a car but he he knows that i'm going to be there yeah. and it's like it's not interfering with your your workday it's like a pure gig economy right. It's like you don't, you don't have to like sub in so yeah it, it's interesting and i feel like we'll get there it's like all these like first iterations on all of these different ways to start the gig economy and then eventually there's just going to be this master algorithm that just optimizes everyone's time yeah. to say hey you want to make a little bit of money you're already doing this exactly thing. Like, yeah let's get let's get paid for yeah, it yeah
0: like driving i feel like is a little different because there's like a safety component to it and like you're not sure who to trust and and obviously there's a review system and there's things like that but like with grocery shopping it's so the like consequences are so minimal right like oh no somebody bought a green apple and I wanted a red apple like boohoo like end of the world right like it's not that big of a deal but with cars or like at least with transportation like maybe you're sitting in a car of somebody that's like a bad driver I've had that situation myself where I sat in a car and you're freaking out like this person is driving really unsafely or I've had somebody before tell like a racially insensitive joke while I was in the car and that was like really awkward for me to be in the car for the rest of the way. And yeah, so you really don't know, like you're spending time with that person. So it's a little bit different. But in this case, it's like zero contact. For the most part, you almost always don't see the delivery guy, they drop it off at your house, and they pick and choose the stuff for you. And you might interact with them a little bit through the Instacart app. But let's talk about how Instacart came to be. So yeah, Instacart was actually founded in 2012, which is pretty recent, I, I suppose that, you know, I thought that Instacart was maybe a little bit older, but it was founded by a guy named uh, Apareva Mehta, who um, was a former Amazon employee and actually worked as a supply chain engineer and had prior experience developing fulfillment systems. So just to, a good place to learn. Just <laughs> to give, yeah, exactly. So uh, this person, you know, definitely had some experience prior. Just to give some context, this isn't the first kind of grocery delivery type service. There was another service born in the dot com era. This company called Webvan, which was founded in 1996, that did something similar. I don't remember. I never used Webvan. It wasn't as widely adopted, but I know I saw Webvan around and people were getting groceries by ordering online uh, from those early, early adopters. So it's another one of those cases where a company comes up with a great idea, but it's just not the right timing. I think of like Skype versus um zoom for example yeah and this the timing didn't match up so yeah web van i think like lived and died
1: totally i, I definitely love that like the web van story and just hearing about it because it is especially like i keep referencing this in previous episodes too but the jobs to be done mm-hmm. yeah framework of like what's the job that needs to be done like groceries need to be de- delivered so with web van like they just bought all of the fixed costs up front yeah. like they had the full they i think they ended up losing 800 million dollars But they built out all the infrastructure to like physically like have these things, have trucks and like busy grocery stores and deliver them to folks' houses versus Instacart doesn't have any of that overhead.
0: Yeah. And obviously the main difference is the smartphone, right? If you really think about it, Instacart, the reason why it works very well is because in a traditional company, if you onboard, you got to go to a site, you have some days training, you sign off some paperwork, you go through HR and you do all this stuff. but. With Instacart or most gig economy type employment, you have a cell phone and then you have a skill. And that's pretty much it, right? Like you might go through some reading and they might give you some tips and tricks. But in general, it's a job that a lot of people can do and you can scale really quickly depending on your demand. And just by having a cell phone, you're able to you know, start working for Instacart probably in a matter of like a week or two. So that's what's really, totally. I guess, different or profoundly different from Instacart and Webvan and and obviously the culture shift, right? That's the biggest thing. Like people now are totally okay with somebody going out and buying groceries for you on your behalf. I
1: think too, like the customer experience is, just, I think it's also, is just mobile, like enabled, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I can't imagine 1997 was like dial-up AIM. And so going into... That whole system to order groceries nice. seemed kind of ridiculous.
0: So yeah, prior to Instacart, Meta had actually attempted to start at least twenty other services. So you might call him a serial entrepreneur, which goes to show you that you just need one idea to be successful. Totally. <laughs> given that Instacart start, has start
1: throwing that spaghetti blown
0: up so much, yeah, exactly. And so there's this adage around or this old saying that you know ninety percent of startups fail. But man, if you get that one that works, then maybe it'll be really successful. So Instacart was actually born out of the summer 2012 Y Combinator cohort. For people that aren't familiar, Y Combinator is basically a startup incubator where some people come with some ideas, they get some funding to uh, really flesh out that idea for some time, and th- there's this competition to kind of pitch it to uh, some investors. And basically, it- it's kind of prestigious, and you know, there's a lot of really cool companies that have come out of Y Combinator. That's basically the the gist of what Y Combinator is.
1: Yeah, I love how intense that was, and just being able to like focus. Like, I think it's just. Programs like that bring so much focus in such a small period of time. And it's cool that you can ex- like take an idea and execute on it like Instacart. Yeah,
0: yeah. And obviously you have to have the, the overhead to be able to support people doing that. And I think usually they probably trade some, I don't know, expertise or advice or equity to, to allow these people to be a part of the Y Combinator. So yeah, Instacart originally launched in San Francisco, but I think as Mike had mentioned earlier, has expanded to over 5,000 cities in the US and Canada. They did run into some trouble in 2017 by misclassifying independent contractors and had to pay something on the order of $4.6 million, which in all honesty is kind of chump change for a company of their size. And I think also most gig economy companies have run into some issues with independent contract work one way or the other, whether it's uh, unionization or benefits or how they're classified. I know recently in California, uh, there was a big push by Uber and Lyft to classify their independent workers a certain way so that their benefits could be changed in specific ways and, There was a lot of lobbying around that. So, yeah, I think that there are certainly a lot of implications when it comes to how people are classified when it comes to the, you know, employment ecosystem.
1: And just a note on that, I feel like something soon has got to give like from a legislation perspective with just all of these companies, people are relying on these for full-time income, Mm -hmm. but it's essentially multiple part-time works where now you have like multiple, you might drive for Uber and then also pick up groceries for Instacart and then deliver something for DoorDash. I would hope that like, was like the US legislation, takes take some sort of note to, to this and make sure that folks can get, the employees can get paid for, for, for what they're worth. And I think that maybe that's something that's not accounted for in all of these business models is why are all these services so cheap? You know, outside of like joking that it's just like venture capital mm-hmm. money that um, is printing this is like at the end of the day is we have to make sure that if we have to pay like an extra 30 cents for delivery, Maybe that's worth it so everyone can work full time and, and all of that. We don't have to dive into this episode, but I think that it's something that is pending. It's I can feel a lot of like tension, to your point, with like, mm-hmm. all the unionization in California and the Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and independent contractors and how it's defined. Uh, but yeah, super interesting space.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of precedence that's being set, too, in the recent current events, mostly because... You know, you expect a certain price point when it comes to, let's say, paying for an Uber or maybe using Instacart. And, you know, like you're saying, maybe there's a 30 cent bump. People tend to react negatively against that. And so they might feel like I am not going to use Instacart if I have to be charged anymore because I'm used to paying X amount. And so it, it's yeah. kind of this sticky space where there's not much wiggle room for the companies to continue to grow the service and provide the service. But also at the same time, yeah, you're right. There are on the other side of it, there are people that the gig workers themselves that are providing a service and might not get some of the benefits that they could get by working at a full time uh, employee job or something. And that's where Instacart or some of these gig economy companies can save a lot of overhead and money. So yeah, it's it's a weird catch 22. I'm not sure if there's really one great way to solve you know, some I've heard people say some gig economy workers say like I like the flexibility. I don't mind not being paid benefits. Maybe this is my side job, and I already have benefits elsewhere, so I don't mind getting paid a higher base salary or a higher um, amount in, in in this way, and not getting benefits the other the other way, or you know, vice versa. So yeah, who knows? That's definitely a conversation that will continue. Yeah. So Instacart in twenty eighteen actually acquired another company called Unada, which was a white label platform for grocers for 65 million during the COVID pandemic of 2020, uh, which is still going on <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> uh, but in in March and April, which is when the pandemic first kicked off, they hired about 300,000 workers to help meet the surge of need due to COVID-19. A lot of people were staying at home. They didn't want to go out and grocery shop or you know expose themselves unnecessarily. And so people were Leaning towards services like Instacart to be able to purchase um their groceries and yeah,
1: that's that's wild. That's a huge surge of like yeah. folks that are like onboarded to the right. Instacart platform. I have to wonder like how many of that is the way it's framed is like you meet the surge of online demand, but it could also be like unfortunately a lot of folks lost their jobs, so like they needed maybe they went to the, the gig economy mm-hmm. and because of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Now that we're in like week fifty eight yeah. of <laughs> twenty twenty right. here in January twenty twenty one. Um, but yeah, super interesting that it surged that much.
0: Yeah. And I guess like another thing is like Instacart has had similar gig, like we mentioned earlier, gig work and policy issues like Uber and DoorDash. And we'll see how that stuff will shake out. Obviously, COVID had, I guess, force functioned their way to these companies being needed more or less. Like Uber obviously took a bath and so did Lyft uh, during COVID. But companies like Instacart, you know, I think, did pretty well uh, in comparison and even DoorDash So in terms of funding, they've obviously raised multiple rounds of funding over the years. And as recently as October of 2020, the company was evaluated at $17.7 billion. So pretty good. That's wild. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: a huge valuation. Um, I know when I was doing the research before here, just the surge in revenue that they've had going from 2019 to 2020 has been just astronomical. Mm -hmm. It's just I think that's across the board with all grocers or anyone that's in quote unquote essential service just has seen massive revenue growth. Um, and so, yeah, like kind of diving into the customers and, and who Instacart's for. So if you look at Instacart, I see two primary segments. You have the super busy folks that just want to save time. They don't want to be going out and about for two hours out of their mm-hmm. day either. Yeah. I can imagine like a suburban parent that is just running or like, a flock of kids and other people's kids <laughs> yeah. around to different sports games and they see it as just a great value it's like you mean someone will i can pay someone to do this for me that's amazing right. let's do that and then i think more recently you also have the folks that aren't able to shop as easily so pre-pandemic that could have been someone that's elderly you know i can see someone like my grandma that actually my grandma's super active so that's not a good um <laughs> uh my great grandma <laughs> actually would be a better one is you know she has all of us to you know help sort of support her mm-hmm. but um but now during the pandemic it's you could be a high risk for covid-19 and you want to reduce your chances of exposure to the virus so they're using this and i think that's definitely going to be here to stay for folks that are a little bit older let's say that just maybe can't go out and get groceries so th- those are the two segments and i i think that with the growth that we just talked about in 2020 with Instacart and all grocers you can definitely see that it's a booming for both segments i know that i had previously used Amazon Fresh a lot when I was in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it was because I didn't have a, a car at the time. So that was another, like, I think it's a smaller segment for folks that are like in a city. I would actually put them in the same segment of my super busy person yeah. segment of, hey, I, I have too much time. I live in a city or I don't have um, enough time. I live in a big city. But also think there's that convenience factor of, hey, like I might actually not be able to, to go because I don't have a car. And so, yeah, as as Jeff mentioned, like there was a huge explosion in growth in 2020 and they actually onboarded those 300,000 extra shoppers uh, to the platform. Instacart doesn't announce or hasn't yet announced the actual numbers of customers, but I imagine that it's fairly significant just considering how many new stores that they support. Like I was surprised to see 7-Eleven on the list that I, I described earlier that you could I don't know what you need from 7-Eleven that you can't go get yourself, <laughs> you know, that, that you have to go pick up or have it. It's already a team.
0: convenience store. How much more convenient can it be, right?
1: Exactly. Now it's like super convenience store. Um, I don't know if there's any um, super sci-fi nerds out there. One of my favorite sci-fi books is Snow Crash. And the protagonist is a uh, – it's, it's set in the future and it's so far, you know, the U.S. has basically gone to shit. And there's two – Uh, ways to make money you're either a government worker or you're a pizza delivery driver and the third off the books one is you're a mafia delivery driver (laughs) or sorry a a mafia owner and so i just imagine that this future that we're in with instacart going to 7-eleven is kind of like this protagonist where you're uh a pizza delivery guy just that's how you make your money just you know getting getting by one day at a time gigging Uh, your way through through life (laughs) A little bit of a tangent there, but that's where the Creative Juices went. So Jeff, do you think want to talk about competitors?
0: Yeah, so I think about what is being offered now in terms of Instacart and grocery delivery as a whole. Again, like people like Mike and I who like to grocery shop, there are still times where I feel like oh, we just went out to grocery shop or maybe I can't get everything I need from one store and so I have to go to multiple stores. So it's kind of nice that you can get... Some people to do some of that shopping for you and just collect everything and go on this long errand run and come back to you. And so you can kind of supplement it with your existing, I guess, grocery behavior or grocery habits. Most grocery stores now have some option where you can kind of pre-order and pick up at the curbside, right? That's pretty common. I think most of the time they don't charge you anything for it, which is kind of nice. I know Whole Foods does that exact thing. They offer curbside pickup and it's harder to do that around the holidays, for example, because obviously everyone's trying to do it. So you can't do it in specific days, but in general, it's pretty well offered. There are other similar competitors like Shipped which will offer food grocery delivery services. I guess similarly, there's like food delivery services that lean towards more like restaurants than groceries, right. things like DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats and stuff like that. You mentioned Amazon Fresh, but you know Amazon Fresh and Amazon Pantry is another good option. Uh, I guess when you're buying staples on a regular cadence and know what to expect uh, versus like, hey, I need to plan dinner right now or maybe tomorrow. Uh, you can go ahead and order you know, something via Amazon Pantry. And there's also general, I guess, like task delegating services, I guess is what you'll call them, like TaskRabbit, where you can ask people to go do whatever you want for some price. And there's one more I want to mention that's a little bit different, but there's a company called We. Are you familiar with We, Mike, by any chance?
1: No, I've never heard of We. So
0: something that I was thinking about, you kind of mentioned getting groceries for your grandparents, but... My grandparents live in downtown Chinatown NSF and they have been really active. They're in their 80s, maybe late 80s. They have always been really active. They did all their grocery shopping daily. I mean, we get fresh produce and stuff like that, but they can't do that now during the pandemic. And so my uncle has to go and drop off stuff, I guess, weekly or biweekly. But there is a service uh, that does grocery delivery service specifically for Asian groceries and it's called WE. So they, you know, there's a lot of, I guess food that doesn't show up on like Instacart that shows up on Wii. (laughs) Right. And it's mostly like Ranch 99 and like H Mart and like those type of Asian type grocery store chains that that they serve. But it's just interesting because it's a, a similar demographic, but it's not served in Instacart that Wii has kind of taken over because, yeah, like if you were just a regular Instacart person and you went into an Asian supermarket looking for a food item that you've never heard of before. Like where do you look yeah, right? So totally you're just lost. Exactly. You're
1: like, oh my God, like like I, the only thing I know in this store is bok choy. Right, yeah. And I don't even know what that yeah, is. Exactly. I just heard about this. <laughs>
0: Somebody <laughs> told me that it was healthy for me or something like that. But yeah, like uh, you know, it's interesting because we is basically the I guess Asian grocery store counterpart to Instacart. And I think it's been doing pretty well in the Bay Area. And I also heard about it again recently because my in-laws, my mother and father-in-law actually used it recently. And they're like, Hey, there, there's a $10 coupon. You should try this out. Uh, and they, they really liked it. So they were able to look at that market. I love it. Their, uh, groceries. Yeah. So really cool idea for a friend. <laughs> uh, um, it's definitely leading towards a specific demographic, but I can see that applying to, you know, other types of international grocery stores as well, for sure. right? Like there's. Yeah, bizarre. I can never
1: find Filipino food, you know, like, or even like Indian spices that I need, Mm -hmm. like, so to be able to get those, like, would be awesome, you know, especially because I love to cook and, you know, whether it's like, you know, Indian dishes or like my Filipino heritage, you know, grabbing one of those Mm -hmm. dishes, uh, but it's super hard to find at those grocery stores. Like now that you're like mentioning this, yeah, it's super annoying that you can't do that through like, you know, quote unquote, traditional grocery shopping. So I'm glad that there is we that fills that.
0: Yeah. And like, like you said, like, sometimes I felt like I would go to like Lucky, which is a grocery store chain here in California or Safeway. And you're looking for some very unique spice and you go to that aisle and you're like, okay, there's just oregano and <laughs> and rosemary here. And I can't find or, 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 something specific. Or you go to
1: the one aisle and it's just international. Just international. Yeah. And all it is, is just salsa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like-, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, So cool. Let's talk about what we think about Instacart. I've used it pretty recently, so I'd love to chat about my personal experience. I think it is a really cool idea. Obviously, for someone like me, I would only use it when I can't go grocery shopping or maybe visiting that third or fourth store is just too much for me. Um, And I just want a couple things and don't want to take a trip out, especially during COVID. I do think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. And I think grocery delivery is here to stay, if not at least grocery pickup options. The only part that gives me a little bit of heartburn is the pricing model. I feel like it, you know, totally. considering that sometimes I'm just going to pick up like some produce and maybe like uh, once, like jar of sauce or something like that. And I'm spending only 15 bucks to pay another $10 premium to do that doesn't make any sense for me. So I feel like the pricing is a little bit high. Obviously, there's some open questions about the gig economy, but I figured that'll get worked out one way or the other. And I do think that Instacart is here to stay. I'm just curious to see how the pricing changes over time and if it becomes more affordable for everybody to use and just kind of becomes ubiquitous with the shopping experience. So I would give it overall like a 3.8.
1: Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I would call it like a 3.75 for all the reasons that you articulated. I mean, I think the product market fits really good. You know, it's really cool that you can, like we started off the episode, you could shop in your underwear and you know you could theoretically never leave your house now like we've achieved that future where you can stay inside at your computer all day work remotely make your money and get your groceries i think that's pretty neat i think yeah to your point like the pricing definitely is frustrating Mm -hmm. because sometimes it feels like you're overpaying for certain things i know that some folks really like to pick out their produce and that's like a Mm
0: -hmm.
1: maybe a knit is like you're kind of just getting whatever Because like the people that are going through are just incentivized by speed, by just, you know, filling out this order as fast as possible. They're not going to like go through and pick out like the unbruised apple that's like Mm -hmm. four apples down the line. You're just going to get an apple, you know, and if it has a bruise, it has a bruise. I think that's like a a bit of a net. Like I mentioned earlier, we used Amazon Fresh when I was in Boston and that was just absolutely incredible to not have to go through the process of renting a car or just getting all these groceries on the subway. Um or a bus was like horrendous. Yeah. I, and that was just a huge, huge pay, pain point for me. My biggest gripe like before was just the, the produce quality. Sometimes you would just get extremely bruised bananas and you're like, this is only good for banana bread. Mm. So I think that's where like customer experience is like, it needs to be sorted through with that selection. But I think it's just, yeah, providing a really, really interesting service for for folks. Yeah. So 3.75 for me for for Instacart. So those are our thoughts on Instacart. And, you know, we'd love to hear from our audience. So Feel free to share what you think with us on our Instagram or our Twitter account. You can find us at Prodx Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast.
0: Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.